And we are live, Cody, on the God is Awesome podcast. Thank you for anyone who's joining in today um, to be part of uh, this um, airing or <laughs> this show. Uh, we just want to thank you. If you're coming in live on Facebook, we want to thank everyone who's coming in and watching us live. If you're listening to us on uh, Spotify or any replays, um, be sure to give us a little love. Like this uh, video. Um, give us a hashtag, uh, go Cody. If you're watch, tuning in live or if you're watching in the, um, in the past hashtag replay, um, just really want to thank everyone. This is a podcast about people's testimonies and how God has worked in their lives. And our guest today is my boy, Cody, Cody, say what's up to everybody. What's up guys. How y'all doing? We are super happy to be ha uh, have you here today. And, um, like I said, this is a pod podcast about, if you like hearing about, uh, God's work in people's lives about their testimonies and how God has saved them, um, then yeah, go ahead and subscribe and, and, and review the podcast and check out all of our episodes. Um, anyway, Cody, I'm going to kick it over to you. Um, it is a sheer pleasure and honor to have you here uh, with me on this interview. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're coming from, um, how long you've been a Christian, uh, and how where you started, and how the path, how God put you on the path to uh, being saved and finding Him. Um, so I'm from Tennessee, and um, me and my mom found this church when I was around probably 11 or 12, and um, it was different than any other church that we'd ever been to. I mean, my grandma used to take me to this old little Baptist church, you know, with her, and I used to fall asleep in the pews, honestly, <laughs> like. I didn't really pay attention. And um, I don't know, one day, like I started paying attention a little more. And, and then um, me and my mom found that church and, and man, it was just so embracing. And we took a mission trip to Mexico. And at that time, my mom was in a, uh, in a relationship and, and or marriage um, that really wasn't the best. Um, I was very, I was pretty angry and kind of confused. And, you know, I was still pretty young and, um, I was probably about 11, 12 years old. And we took this mission trip down to Mexico and, uh, I actually got hurt on the trip. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I got these little cards from all the kids from the VBS and, and everything. And I remember the last night, um, we were there. Um, we, we just kind of sat in different groups and talked about the trip and kind of what we, what we've seen God do. And, and I'll never forget my pastor, um, Pastor John Yancey, shout out. Um, I still love, I love you and, uh, and I miss you. Mm -hmm. And, um, but anyway, he just asked me like, do, did I, did I know Jesus? And, and it was one of them things I felt like I was like, yeah, I've heard of him, but you know, I don't have, you know, that's pretty much it. And he yeah. just, the only thing that I can remember is I had this like, epiphany like this flash of I saw my life like what my life would be like without God intervening and mm -hmm. um and it was just a road of destruction man it was probably one of the scariest things I've ever seen um and that I, I just remember crying and I I begged Jesus to come in um mm. and that's where I started and then I was probably going on 13 when that happened so, so let's back up here. So you, um, that incident happened on a mission trip to where again? Mexico. Mexico. So you were on a mission yep. trip to Mexico. I'm assuming VBS. You get a little rowdy, right? You hurt yourself. Yep. Um, yep. 
so before that, you said you were in Tennessee and you were in church with your mom. Where's your dad at this time? Um, dad was not in the picture um, at all. Did he? Um, what happened? I didn't even. Um, my my dad uh, pretty much uh, split when I was about two years old. Um, wow. He was, um, which that's a testimony in itself. Um, I uh, he was a uh, he was a. Uh, not doing so well, um, struggle with a little bit of, from what I heard, you know, from drugs and, and he had a really, um, bad struggle with alcohol. And, um, so he was just not, he was not around. I didn't even know where he was most of my life until I was about that age. Until um, you were about 13 or so? Till uh, yeah, till I was about, I was about uh, 11 or 12 when I finally found out where he was. So um, you said was, you were, you said you were angry, Did that, is that from that? Like, um, I, I guess, I'm trying to understand where, what kind of mind frame or mindset you were in, frame of mind that you were in when you were going up into this mission trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, because dad wasn't around mom, you know, mom married this guy and, you know, it was kind of one of them things like, you're not my dad, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was seeing certain things that my mom really wasn't seeing herself. Um, and, uh, you know, and I was just kind of angry because I was like, man, like, I want my real dad. Like, where's he at? You know, yeah. like, why isn't he here? Was it know? an and, unhealthy marriage and unhealthy, like stepfather relationship that you had with him? Yes. Very. How so? Um, um he, he put on a good show, um, at mm. first. And, um, then when things got closer, when they married and then he, we all eventually lived together, um, he started showing very bad signs. Like um, he was not, I, I don't want to say he was like physically abusive, but he definitely had um, points of like verbal abuse. And he would, um, I remember him and my mom fought one night and, um, and he would like hit the walls and I heard pictures breaking and, hmm. you know, and, and, um, That's you know, scary. And he, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty scary. Um, and it, we started seeing that after the fact, like after they were married and stuff. Gotcha. Wow. And, so he uh, was one way when they were, he was dating. And then when he got married and moved in, he was like this other, this other different way. Holy. Yeah. He was like a totally different person. And so when you had this, when you're seeing this stepfather, this stepdad enter in, and then at the same time, you're still struggling with understanding where your real father was. Yeah. And so you've got, two examples of bad fatherhoods yeah that's tough man yeah tough. yeah it was, it was hard how'd your mom handle all that um it it took a toll on my mom too um so? because you know my mom really um i had a few different men in and out of my life um you know i uh she i feel i feel you know mom if you're watching i love you i love you more than anything um I feel that she was struggling with being accepted and wanted and loved. And, mm. and I, I kind of feel like at some points she didn't want to believe that that stuff was going on at first. Mm, yeah. um, but then, you know, it came to a point where it was affecting like me and hers, you know, well being and even to a point like our safety. Yeah. Um, and to where she was like, all right, like we, you know, we got to go. We yeah. ended up moving he actually kicked us out of this apartment we got and me and my mom ended up moving back to our old apartment 
praise God that they gave us the exact same old apartment we just moved out of. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of a, you know, it, it really took a toll on my mom too. Yeah. Um, and we all struggle with that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. approval and being loved and accepted. I mean, it's just yeah. what we do. Um, so you've got all this baggage. Is there anything else like that you're kind of carrying along with you? Um, bad relationships um, as father figures in your life and stressed out relationship with your mom? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like me, you know, me and my mom have always had a really good relationship. We had a rough patch when I hit a teenager because, you know, I thought I knew everything. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And, but me and her have always been close and it's all, it was always just me and her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, I really, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I was really, um, I was struggling with, uh, my identity because I didn't have, a dad really showing me how to do things as, especially growing up as a, as a boy or even yeah. becoming a man. Like I didn't even know how to change my own oil until I was like 21. Sure. You know, you know, like different things that I kind of looked at as far as like what a man is supposed to be, sure. yeah. you know, and so like I, that guide, right. Like, yeah. And I, and I kind of, you know, I guess where my identity struggled was, um, you know, was that because I felt like I had to prove myself. I felt like mm-hmm. if the better I performed and I'm talking, I, I played baseball since I was four years old, um, never missed a season. You know, I was always in sports and I felt like I had to perform to get acceptance, to get the love that I, that I seek. And even I would try to find that in, in, in men, whether it was other friends, dads, or, you know, or, yeah you know, something like that. So, um, it really, I really struggled because I felt like the, okay, the better I do, the more you'll love me. Right. Um, and that, that was you know, your own, that was your own, uh, struggle with being loved and accepted too, kind of like your mom. Yes. I struggled yeah. with that for a long time. So we're, we're up into the mission trip and you get hurt. Yep. Thank God, because that, that pushed, um, or that prompted your pastor, uh, to ask you some very difficult questions. And you said, and you, and you pondered them. Yep. So what, take us from there. Uh, what happened? Um, well, I busted my knee pretty good and they were kind of scared that I might've had fluid go in it. And okay. I slipped on, we were at the hotel. We were like, we were staying at this hotel in, in Mexico and they had a, it was beautiful. They had like a marble pool, but it was also very slippery. <laughs> um, and I slipped and I busted my knee and it started swelling. And one of the ladies we took was a, was a nurse and she was afraid of, fluid being in my knee. Yeah. Um, and you know, so they were, I had to be carried around. <laughs> like we had this, I'll never forget him. Uh, John Ware, he was the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. He was like six foot eight and he was like big boy. 300 plus pounds. Like he, and he was strong. Like he yeah. was, and he would carry me on his back. That's cool. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> so they were kind of scared. And then towards the end of the trip, um, like I said, towards the end of the trip, you know, I don't know. Like I'd always enjoyed going to church. Like I enjoyed being there. I enjoyed praise and worship. You know, I, I've been singing since I was little and I always enjoyed it. And my pastor just, we all broke up into groups and, and just talked about like what we were seeing and what we experienced. And, and I think I saw what I saw was people didn't let the circumstance they were in. Like there was just something about being there where I don't know, like it's, it's hard to explain. Like, I felt like, I felt like God was showing me things like, Hey, 
even in spite of this, like I saw houses that were literally in ground because they didn't even have materials to build their house. They were mud so, houses. Oh, so like in Mexico, like the surroundings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the surroundings. And I feel like even I, I kind of looking back now, I kind of feel like maybe God was showing me that, hey, even in the midst of all this, like I'm still here because yeah. these were some of the greatest and sweetest people and joyful people yeah. that I've, I've probably ever met. Yeah, but um, it's and in I, some of the most poorest conditions that you've ever seen. I'm talking kids running around barefooted, no shirts, cut off, you know, old worn jeans. I mean, yeah. um, you know, and, and there's glass, like there's broken bottles in the street. And yeah. Like these kids are running around barefooted with no shoes. And that's the thing, man. We lose perspective here in Port St. Lucie or in, in our suburbs. You know what I mean? Where we yep. live, we lose perspective that there are people who live like this. Yeah. And, and God's with them too. And, you know, they could just be joyful and we get, and sometimes we get, we, we, we lose perspective. And we think that it's not really as good as, as we think we got it here. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so, important. So you, you've got that as a, as a, as a younger kid, you got that lesson lodged in you, or at least that, you know, example. Yeah. You were saved then, or was that just the start of, of, of that was honestly, that was when, that was when I, that when I asked Jesus to come in, because when I saw that, that road, that, yeah. that path of, destruction um and it was just like not even just destruction it was just pain and heartache and and just just things that you would never want to feel like Mm -hmm. or even want to go through and and i just i remember asking jesus i'm like lord please don't let me go down there like i I need you and i i want you you know and and i remember the vision in the future that you thought like that yes said. like this is what like when when my pastor was sitting down asking me these questions about jesus mm-hmm. you know that was all of a sudden the next thing i remember is seeing this vision of the road that i was uh that i was close to going down interesting um and i think a, a lot of it had to do with me not really knowing who i was like me struggling with my identity and also with my with my anger you know, with the anger that I had inside of me. When you say like, identity, what do you mean by that? Um, like, oh man, it's kind of like now, like I felt like, like I always strived to see myself through other people. Like, like I always cared so much about what other people thought of me that that's it was almost like i had to look at myself through them mm. and and um and now looking back and even you know sometimes and sometimes i still get that a little bit and yeah. god's like hey 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 no 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 look look here look right yeah. here look at me and and uh but yeah i always had to have that acceptance from other people yeah you know and i would look to them to see who i was yeah you and it's almost get their point of view of how you are looking right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's tough, man. And, and then, and then that puts a burden on, on you. And then, then you get angry. Yep. (laughs) And come, come add on all the baggage that you're dragging into these situations with from your, your, your home life, your parents and stuff like that. I mean, that's just a big mix of like a lot of trouble. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Bro. So, so ahead. after, after the mission trip, um, how, how'd you get to being homeless here? You said, uh, that you were homeless and that God delivered you 
or was with you? Yeah. Then? Um, so I, um, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase and fast forward. Um, sure. I wasn't really homeless until, um, until probably my, my senior year of high school. Um, oh, high school. Yeah. So I, um, so like I was saved and I walked, you know, I was always active in youth group and, and everything like that, but I was still struggling with, I was still struggling with home life and just with who sure. I was and, you know, and, and yeah. even trying to, trying to carry all my baggage. And, yeah. Um, that stuff doesn't just go away when we're saved. <laughs> we're yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was still like dealing, I was still dealing with a lot. And, um, so pretty much long story short, me and my mom moved down to here to Florida, um, when I was about just going on 14. Um, and she got out of that marriage and just the whole setup, we moved down here and, um, still struggle with home life because we brought my dad down and, you know, my dad was still really struggling with alcoholism. Your, and, your um, real dad or my real, my real dad. Okay. Um, you know, economy crashed and just things got hard and we all ended up in the same house. Um, and, uh, it was just hard. I struggled a lot with home life and, and even, um, you know, and, and so eventually I, I was going on my senior year and I pretty much ran away. Like I was, I used to be called a runner. Um, I, I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to go back to Tennessee. I don't want to be down here anymore. Um, so I went up to Tennessee and I was supposed to stay with family members. And then they ended up telling me, we can't keep you here. So you're going to have to find someone who will let you stay with them. So I had an old friend of mine that were like, Hey man, like, it'll be like old times and you know, yada, yada, yada. Somebody I grew up playing ball with and he was one of my best friends. And, um, we struggled because it wasn't like old times, you know, we were, I was sharing his space, you know, he was sharing his space with me and we butted heads and mm. um, not to the point where like, we didn't fight or anything, but it got to the point where his mom was like, you know, Hey, like she messaged my mom and was like, Hey, like, I don't think Cody can stay here anymore, you know? And so I ended up from there and this went on for, for quite a, for a few years. I just kind of, I bounced, I bounced around and, you know, no I'd stay in, you know, I, I'd stay in places and eventually until they would tell me, Hey, like you got to leave. And, um, and, um, even one situation where I ended up staying with these people and, uh, I was just very, I'm not going to get into any detail, but like, I was pretty much kind of miss very misused, um, you know, to the point and even to the point where like, it was just not a good situation to live in. Like there wasn't even really like good food for me to eat. You know what I mean? Um, so I, and I, and I, yeah. Help me understand this. So uh, I know you said you don't want to go into details, but just maybe share with us what you yeah. want to share with us. Like, so you were for years starting your senior year, you bounced from house to house. Pretty and much. Event, eventually the, you know, the frustrations of living with people got so tense that you'd leave. So, yep what made people bring you in? What made you do this kind of thing? Like mentally, where were you? What, what, what um, make, what causes someone to in their headspace to like think that you, this is okay to go the good way to live. Um, I think honestly in my, in my head um, and thinking back on it now, like, mm -hmm. and like I said, I was called a runner. So, you know, it wasn't all their fault. You know, like some of it was mine was mm -hmm. on me. And I feel like looking back now, I was looking for that, I guess, like I was looking for that home life, that home life that I never had. Mm. Um, and, you know, 
not saying that me and my mom ever had a bad home life, but I was looking for that, that empty space that wow. I felt like that I had missing. I felt like I could feel that, you know, I felt like, Oh, well the grass will be just greener on the other side. Wow. And when I would get over there, it wasn't. And even my problems, like my, the things that I had going on that I tried to run away from followed me. So that's why you said you're a runner. Like, so I'm understanding now you've, you've yeah. got this broken home life growing up and it's the only thing you've ever known. And you probably compare that with other people and thinking that those are great home lives. Yep. So you run was, away to try to find it. Yep. And then when someone's not ready to like, these are just people, right? We're all humans. We can't, we can't to have that, you know, to have the responsibility to giving you the home life you never had or giving you the stable home that you never had. It's a lot. And so there's frustrations that occur. And so yep. you just keep running from house to house or person to people, family to family. And, and especially, and especially like it would get to a point where, like I said, it wasn't all, you know, the people that I stayed with, you know, some of it was me yeah. because when something wouldn't go my way or if I wouldn't agree with something or if I butted heads with something, you know, I would, I would literally, my mentality was, uh, you know what, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. Um, and so like, there was a few situations where it wasn't my fault, but then there was also mm -hmm. situations where it, it was my fault. Sure. Um, and, and it I takes a lot be... to like accept that, right? Like, yeah. It's like, it's like, like, yeah, I messed up here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, ex exactly. Like, you know, I, you know, it, it was, you know, um, you know, cause even like there would be like even certain rules of certain houses and I would find ways to bend the rule a little bit, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And then I would get caught. And then when I would get confronted about it, I would just be like, oh, well, you know, I'll be out and I'll be out in a week, you know? Yeah, man. Cause I would assume it'd be difficult if you're the other side of it, right? You're, you're this, you're this family yep. and probably trying to do a good thing to bring this person in and you're trying to stretch as much as possible, but maybe the person's bending you the rules of the house. Yeah. And so, I mean, save the other, save the other uh, situations that it was the host's fault, but, these situations where it was your, your fault. Like, I mean, yep. it, it's tough. It's a tough situation, man. It's a tough and situation. I would just, and I would just run because I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it. You know, you didn't want to deal with the confrontation or the forgiveness didn't, or the, didn't want to deal with any of it, with the confrontation, with forgiveness, with even the consequences of some of my actions. I didn't want to deal with it. Why is that? Um, honestly, <laughs> that's a scared. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was afraid. I was afraid of the outcome. I was afraid. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, mm. I didn't know. Yeah. And, and I guess it was more of a point where I was afraid that, or they even I was, I was, I was afraid. I was afraid of the rejection. Mm. You, so you rejected them first. Exactly. Like I would, I was afraid of the rejection and I was afraid of what if they don't love me anymore. And so you, you decided to, instead of, being the person who was always the one recipient of rejection, you would reject them before they would re reject you. Mm -hmm. And that's I'd be like, you know what? I'd be like, I'll go ahead and do this and I'll, and I'll do, and I'll try to deal with it my own way. Yeah. And, and I would just go ahead and do it and cut it off. Like I would cut it at the knees and it was hurting. It was hurting me more than it was hurting anybody else. Oh, that's some painful stuff right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's some real stuff right there. Yeah, so it was uh it was pretty it was it was a crazy time in my life, man. Um, How'd that all end? Well, I um 
funny, funny. Uh, you said that I was just uh, talking to my my lovely uh, girlfriend about it. Um, so I came to a point where I was still, you know, struggling with living somewhere. I even, uh, you know, kind of bounced around. Like I lived in one place where I lived with a little friend of mine. You know, he was a couple years younger than me with him and his parents. And I paid them. I paid them rent. because I had a job and everything. I couldn't mm-hmm. pay them much, but I paid them something. And and um, they actually were getting kicked out of their house. And so they said I could go with them. But they were like, you have to share a room. And it was like, oh, well, but you still have to pay us the same amount of rent. I'm like, wait, that's not fair. Like I was paying you for my own room. Like this was the mm-hmm. agreement. And so I eventually started trying to find another somewhere else to go. And I ran into a friend of mine at, at Applebee's um, for a karaoke night one time and and um and and she yeah you know like and she was like hey like you know she was in the coast guard um she was in our military and and she was like hey like you know i kind of need a roommate like we were just catching up i said well that's funny because i need a place to live Mm. um and we set an agreement Uh, i got put on the lease and um i actually had a a stable roof over my head like i actually had a place where i could call I could go home and, and be comfortable. Um, I could go home. I was, oh man, I was probably, I think I was 19 going on 20. Yeah. Um, between 19 and 20. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I had a stable, you know, I had a stable home life, you know, fine. Like I had my own, I could go home, I could chill out, you know, um, I didn't have to worry about, um, somebody kicking me out or yeah. you weren't somebody, a guest anymore. You nope. were, this is my home. This is my home. Like yeah. I paid my, I paid my share. And, yeah. um, it's funny because I used to go to this thing at Lipscomb university, um, called summer celebration. And it's like a spiritual, uh, you know, it's like a workshop, you know, and it's, it's, uh, they have classes you can take. They have stuff for the youth. Like it's just a, it's a really good, um, really good event to go to. It's like two or three days, um, event. And I, and I went with my friend Brian every year and that year we went through this thing where it was almost like, uh, um, I don't want to say it was like the gauntlet, but it was like, there were stages that you went through and you went one at a time and it was literally intimacy with God. Hmm. Um, and so you went to these different stages and there were two stages that I'll never forget. One stage was, um, the first stage I got to, which really I still have the, there was a bowl of ping pong balls. I still have the ping pong ball because they had, they had sayings on them. Um, and the, the, the station, like the, the, the part that I was in was things to thank God for things to be thankful for. And it was random. Like, I just said, you know what? Like, I'm not even gonna, I'm just going to reach in and grab it, Hmm. you know, like without even, no questions asked. I kind of turned my head, reached in, grabbed it. And um, I turned the ball around and it said a place to live. And I had a picture of a house on it. I still have the ball. Um, Dang, I'm, man. And, uh, and that where that, I think that was one of my first actual, like God speaking to me, like, Hey, I'm right here. Yeah. Um, and then the second stage was, it was just a, it was a place with, it was kind of comfortable and it was in a, there was a pillow and I'll never forget. I grabbed the pillow 
because I even told God because of some of the things that I was carrying and that mm-hmm. I was, you know, going through, I told God, I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I deserve to even be in front of you. I don't even deserve to be in your presence because I'm mm-hmm. so, I'm so filthy. Like I'm nasty. Like I mess up all the time and I, I'll never forget. I laid down and I just gripped the pillow and I laid flat on my face, like didn't move. Um, because I'd already just had him speak to me like, Hey, I did this, you know, a place to live. I did this. And I remember I gripped the pillow and just, and just laid on my face and I just, I wept and I wept and I wept. Um, So this, like this, like event or, or activity you were doing, it kind of put into perspective all the things that you've been going through, like the homelessness and all this stuff, like you're, it's like small lessons coming in. And it's like just hitting you in this wave right now, right? Yeah, like it was, and and it was funny because when I was on my face and just weeping, I I felt I felt arms on my back, like I felt somebody's hands on my back, and there was nobody with me, like I was by myself, and I felt hands on my back, like almost like like I don't know how to explain it. They were so gentle. And they were so, it was so calm that as I'm crying, it was like, it was comfort. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got out of that. And then, um, you know, I, I still kind of lived like here and there, like it, that, that struggle didn't fully go away, but as time went on, it got better and I got better about actually dealing with like when confrontation would come or something would come up or even when I would be wrong um i got better at kind of dealing with being wrong you know actually saying hey like my bad like this is my this is my fault you know and um and and eventually the the living situation got got better um you know so yeah that's awesome so tell me how uh tell me about this life-changing car um incident that like what happened here um so it was two years ago. Um, and you know, I've been back here in Florida for about three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was two years ago in Port St. Lucie, um, on March 20th. Um, I ran a stop sign and I was T-boned by a truck doing about 50 miles an hour. Okay. And he hit me on my driver's side. He hit me right where I was sitting. And, um, and he pushed me, um, into this man's front yard. Um, I was in a neighborhood and I was trying to get to my friend's birthday, but I was trying to find a dollar general, but I didn't know where I was. So I had dollar general in my GPS and it told me to go straight. And I went straight and I did not see the stop sign and, um, wasn't on my phone. I wasn't texting. I had my phone in this little compartment that I kept it in and my maps was playing through my Bluetooth in my car. And, um, and, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not, and I, I'm not boasting because it was materialistic, but I had this car for like a month. It was brand new. Um, I was trying to get established, you know, being an adult, like I'm trying to build credit and doing all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, so I, I ran the stop sign and I was hit by a Dodge Ram doing about 50 miles an hour. And, um, he pushed me into this man's yard and, uh, and, um, yeah. And it was just, that was probably the most one of the most traumatizing things I've ever been through in my life. So um, uh, why was it traumatizing and how, how, where was God in all that? 
so well, it was traumatizing because I've, you know, I've had a couple little, like, I think like two other like little fender benders, like I'm talking minor, mm-hmm. but this was like looking back. And even when I got out of the car, um, I called my big brother, Shane, um, you know, shout out to Shane white. I love you, dude. Um, I called him and I told him where I was and I was just like, dude, you got to get here now. I just wrecked my car. Um, and I'll never forget. I, when he got there, I don't know if I ran, walked or speed walked or something. I know I just tried to get to him as quick as possible and I hugged him and cried. Mm. And my boy Shane is like an old, you know, he's a, he's a straight up dude. Like he's, you know, um, from the streets sold out for Christ now. Like, you know, he's, he's one of the best men I've ever known in my life. And I, I, I grabbed him and hugged him and cried. Sure. And, um, I looked, I looked back and even looking back at the pictures and I was like, that should have killed me. Yeah. And it was funny because a couple of months prior to that, um, a good, you know, a friend of mine had an accident as well. That should have, that should have taken her out too. And, and we're all, and, and it's funny because we were all like either worship leaders in worship, you know, like we're, we are, we were brothers and sisters in Christ that this was happening to. And we're like, man, we must've really ticked the devil off because he's trying to take us out, you know? <laughs> and like, that was our mentality. Like, we're like, yeah. no, like he's trying to take us out. Like, sure. and somebody told me like, they're like, he's like, he's like, the devil's not just trying to stop you. He's trying to kill you. And I'm like, yo, like what, like what is going on? So it was like, it was crazy. And me, so the accident happened and I think it was, the the yeah. night of it was either the night of or the night after I had a dream and the dream was a total reenactment of my accident. It was like I was there again and except I was watching me from the back seat. And so I'm driving and the truck hits me. And when the truck hits me, there was light flash so bright that I had like me, you know, in my like in the dream, like I, I had to cover up because I couldn't take it. Um, light flashed when the truck hit me and out of that light, I saw two arms go from window to window, like stopping because I wasn't crushed in my car. I actually crawled, I actually crawled out and I walked away with bruised ribs and a headache. Um, it was like, it was like this being in my car, which I solely believe. And I will, I will preach this till the day I die that -hmm. it was Jesus because he stopped that truck from crushing me. Sure. Um, and, and so light flashed, the truck hit me, the light flashed and the two arms went from window to window. And I'm like, who the heck is in my car with me? And yeah. it, that, that was God again, showing me, Hey, I've been right here the whole time. That's crazy, like, man. You know, upfront personal, like I was right here with you yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And, and I woke up and I, I bawled. I cried and I cried and I cried. Um, you, it's like you're getting these, like you're living these life lessons out. And then afterwards, God shows you what he was doing. Like yeah. when you were going through <laughs> all that, the homelessness that he shows you. Yeah. Well, you you've always been here or I've always been here. And then like you go through this accident where you almost die. You should have, uh, by all rights, should have died. And then he's like, you know what? I was protecting you this whole time. Yeah, because, you know, like growing up, like I always thought God was some 
was this distant, like I believed in God, like I believed sure. like he was real, but I always thought he was this distant, like off in the distant sky, like in another universe, but he had the power to come down and, you know, his powers could come down whenever he wanted. Like, mm-hmm. that's who I thought God was. Like, I thought he was this distant being like way off in the distance. And, you know, and even, I even went through those, those times of my life where, you know, even like the time of being homeless, like, and struggling with who I am, who I was like, I was like, God, where are you? Like, I don't hear you. I don't see you. I believe in you, but why? Because I don't see you. I don't hear you. Like, I feel like you're so far away. Like I can't get to you. Yeah. And I feel like even that, like he was like, dude, he was like, baby son, baby son. I kind of feel like he talked to me how I would kind of talk to, you know, my, you know, my kids so, here, yeah, like, like, like baby or like, yeah. like, you know, like baby or, or son or sure. whatever. Like, he's just like, yo, like I'm here. Like I'm yeah. right here. You know, it's, it's interesting because like all the other like religions and stuff like that, a bunch of whole other religious believe. And you know, this is a small ask. This is a part of aspect of God that he's like so far beyond us and above us, which is true, right? Like he's so much right. more powerful and beyond us. But What's also true is that this like this transcendence is he's way out there, but he's also like imminent. He's also like right here with us. Like that was the whole point of like the incarnation, right? When he came to this earth, like he came to be with us, like Emmanuel, God with us. And that's like, that's super, (laughs) that's like, that's like so part of it. And that's probably what like a lot of it was with you. Like when you're growing up, you understood him to be out here and far and powerful, but then as you got older, you understand them to be here, like close and, and, and loving and fatherly. Yeah, man, it's, it's been, it, it was crazy. It's been crazy. And, you know, and even now, like he never, I, I think since those times, like, and especially as I'm getting older and, and just growing more mature in my faith every day, like, you know, it's, he never stops. Yeah. He never stops doing it with not only me, but like with anybody, mm-hmm. it's just like, almost like, do you actually want to, you know, like even me, like I was like, you know, came to a point where I actually, you make a choice whether you actually want to see him show up. You know what I mean? Like, like, do you really want to see him show who he is, you know, and not just off in the distance, but like right here. So what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing with all of it? You know what I mean? Like, where are you going from here? Like you're, you're, you're living life. You're, you're saying he's continually maturing you in your faith. Um, where does God, where is God taking you? Or where do you feel like God's taking you? What's the future hold for, for Cody and God? Um, well, I did get a word from, um, from my mentor, um, Jason Mittler, um, last year and, and from a couple other people that they've all, it's all, they've all lined up with each other. But, um, I really believe that he's going to use my voice and my music. Um, and even me, just whether I'm, leading a leading worship or even not even leading worship, but even being down in the crowd, just like giving everything to him. Like, but I was told the word, the word that I was, that I was told that, that God was going to give worship to me. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I still, and I still hold on to that and I still try to, you know, put myself in check. So like, I'm not being, I'm not being who Cody wants to be like, Sure. Or not going where Cody wants to go, like where I want to be, where where God wants me to be, and even to a point where like I stepped down from a work, you know, from worship for a little while just to 
just so I could be in that place where he's kind of had me in this place where he's like, look, I want, I want you to rest. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want you to rest and I want you to come sit with me. And, um, and so, you know, he's like, I, I put myself in check because, you know, I have that, that ego or, you know, that like, Oh, I want to be up there. Like I've got the skills, I've got the talent, you know, I want to be up there, but it's also like, okay, hold up. Like, does he, does God want me to be up there right now? Or does he want me down here? So for those of us who are listening, Cody has an amazing, amazing voice and he's an amazing talent from God that God's given him to, to use either now or in the future or whenever God calls him to use. But just so you guys know, um, We'll, we'll be putting like links in the description for for to, if you want to listen to some Cody's tracks and stuff. I'm not going to ask Cody to do anything now on, on live or anything, but <laughs> uh, definitely check him out um, and and what he's doing, what he's creating. Um, uh, do you, give us give us a plug really quick. Where can we find your stuff? Um, I actually I have one song that I released back in January um, okay. called Mama's Promise, gotcha. and it's on SoundCloud. It's on YouTube, um, and it's under Cody Lynn. Um, Lynn is my first middle name. So, okay. um, so yeah, it, you guys can find it there and, and SoundCloud. I mean, it's free download, you know, um, I just want people to hear cause even, you know, like growing, like, I don't mean to backtrack real quick, but like even growing up, like my mother's always been a faithful woman and she's mm-hmm. all, and she's instilled these things in me, like of who God is and what she's always believed. And, and I thank God for that because I looked through my scrapbook the other day that she gave me. And I did something in like third grade where it was like Thanksgiving, what to be thankful for. And I wrote, I thank God for my life Mm. and for who he is. And like, I was like in third grade when I wrote that and I didn't even remember like, and so it's called mama's promise because I wrote it, you know, I went through a pretty traumatizing time last year with me and my family. Um, My dad, um, my grandmother on my dad's side, you know, my dad lost his mom and, um, and then we lost my grandpa 38 days later, her husband. Man. And, um, and so it was pretty, uh, pretty traumatizing. And, um, but I wrote that song out of that, you know, and even in the beginning, me telling God, me trusting God enough in who he is, me telling him like, Hey, I'm not okay right now. Yeah. You know? So, so it was, it was so, yeah. a song out of pain and, and sorrow. Yep. Pain. It, it was song out of pain. And it was also a song of me, going back to what my mom and even a few others instilled in me growing up. Gotcha. But mainly, but promise mama's promise. Yep. Check it out guys on SoundCloud. We'll links to the description. I want to ask you one last couple more things before I, I, you said some things that were interesting. You said you stepped down from worship because of an ego or you, you're not sure if it was ego or or yourself or God. I mean, um, what, what was that like? What, what do you mean stepping down from worship? And um, if you guys are, are new to like what worship is, it's it's leading um, the church in songs up on stage. Um, and so tell, walk, walk us through your, your mentality with that. Um, I, I stepped down, um, honestly, because, you know, sometimes like, obviously, like, I mean, I love like being on stage and, and I love I love worshiping. Like I I love singing like it's. Mm-hmm it's my passion. It's my dream, you know, but I also, you know, I got so burnt out, you know, where I was giving so much, you know, that I just, you know, I I wanted to receive, I needed to get filled back up and, and God even used 
my mentor who's, you know, who's been with me since I was a teenager, since I first got to Florida. And, um, you know, so it's been almost 12 years now. And it's like, even used him to tell me like, Hey, like, I just want you to rest right now. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and so, and at first I wouldn't listen. And so it kind of, I was still like being on stage and, and leading worship and helping lead worship, you know, and, and things like that. And finally just got to the point where it just didn't feel right. My heart was not, my heart was not in it, you know? Yeah. Why do you think um, so? Um, was it just overused? Did you see it as a job? Did you not? Did you forget that yeah, you were the people that cried? Like what? What was it? It 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 started feeling it it started feeling more as a job than as something that that I genuinely loved. Mechanical. You know, yeah, it started feeling more mechanical. You know, mm. and 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 just my heart just like was not my heart. It's like my heart was like not in it. You know, like it started being so mechanical that I started losing that. You know that 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 love you know because honestly yeah. like with with worship like i it for me like i mean i pray i, I talk to god and i even i journal sometimes when i when i remember to you know mm-hmm. um you know and and everything like that but worship i feel like is where i meet god in the middle mm. like it's it's me and god and it's literally for me it's just the the best way that I know how to, to tell him how much I love him. He's instilled that. Yeah. In yeah. you for sure. And that's like how you want to reply. That's actually, you know, the Psalms, right? They, they wrote that to like, give us words that we could praise you. Right. This, yeah, this word. exactly. For sure. For sure. Exactly. That's awesome, man. Well, um, I think it's super wise and super mature. And, and there's a lot of self-awareness to know like, Hey, when to step back, when to start up again. Um, and to know like, Hey, you know what? May, I might be, I might be running a little dry here. Yeah. Um, maybe I need to hop into exactly. the word more. Maybe I need to like get in more community. Like, yeah, it's when ministry becomes too mechanical and too like what you lose the why, you lose the purpose of why things, why you did things, why you started in the yeah. first place. You know? Yeah. You know, and, and even sometimes it's okay. You know, and something that I realized myself, like sometimes it's okay. Like it's okay yeah. to not be okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, sure. you know, and I, I feel like that's another place that God is, as has brought me to at times where you know it's it's he's like hey look it's okay to not be okay you know like and and now like you know i you know i know for me personally like in my walk like being able to tell god like you know like hey lord like i'm not okay you know i need to i want to tell you what's you know what's going on but like i want to tell you where where i'm coming from and and he just always comes back with hey it's okay yeah. You know, I'm yeah. still here. You're yeah. still, you know, I still want you to, I still want you to walk and take your steps. Yeah. But, you know, he says, he just, he just, you know, it's kind of like when a dad tells you, you know, when a son comes to him and he's not okay. And, you know, I, I, and even when I was going through, you know, with my, with my, my grandparents passing away and um, I, I kind of had this where I, you know, if you can vision a, when a, when a child sits at their father's feet, you know, um, or even, you know, their parents feet when they're not okay, yeah. when they just want to be comforted or even sitting in their lap and their parents are just holding them while they're, while they're not okay, yeah. you know? And I kind of had that, that same thing sure. with God. Like I was just sitting at his feet yeah. and just, um, you know, and just being not okay, whether it was crying or, you yeah. know, or, or whatever. It seems like God as the fa- as your as your father 
means a lot to you, like more than like maybe some other people might get because of, you know, your, your father leaving you when you were young, because of your stepfather being, you know, abusive, because of you not having a home life. Like that is so that that seems to me like God as your heavenly father is like like something special that, that like hits here. you know, Yeah. For you. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's like daddy. You yeah. Know? And even and even then, you know, um, you know, I know uh, we're kind of maybe running out of time or something, but I, you know, he's done a work with me and my dad as well. And yeah. I want people yeah. to know that, you know, I grew up without my dad completely. Mm. Didn't know where he was until I was like 11, 12 years old and even went through, I mean, not struggling with him being an alcoholic and, you know, you know, him just, you know, going through all that where I didn't even talk to, I didn't talk to my dad for probably five, six years, mm. maybe two times. And we just did not have a relationship at all. And mm. I was literally to a point myself where I was like, I don't want nothing to do with him, you know? Yeah. And, um, and until I got to that place where God dealt with me sure. and he was like, and I dealt with, with the forgiveness yeah. Like I dealt with the forgiveness and I dealt with, and even God, God told me, he said, Hey, I chose, I, I chose him to be your dad for a reason. And God yeah. told me, and God told me, I don't make mistakes. Oh yeah. And, and so, um, me actually going to Missouri and dealing with my grandmother passing away. Um, everybody kept asking me like, Oh, are you going to see your dad? And I'm like, yeah, I want to, because there was things I wanted to tell him that I didn't want to tell him just over the phone. Mm. Um, and so I got to see my dad sober. Um, he's been sober for almost six years now, I think. Oh, that's amazing. And like the same time that I cut him off, you know, was when he got sober and and continually has walked this out. And and I told him when I got up to Missouri, I said, Dad, hey, before we go back into Aunt Val's and Uncle Jim's, I, I want to talk to you for a second. And I just told him and this where the enemy could have come in and so easily could have, I could have let him take over and I could have ripped him to shreds, Sure, you know, but instead, because my, my pain and my, my anger turned into hurt because I missed him because he mm. was my dad. Yeah. He is my dad, you know? And I told him, I got to look my dad straight in his face and, and tell him how proud I was of him and how much I loved him. And I told him that God told me that he chose you to be my dad and he doesn't make mistakes. And I want to start over right here, right now. Oh man. And, and so oh, God has, God has done a work. God has done a work in that alone, man. Like it's yeah. so anybody who, anybody who I just want to encourage people, man, like don't, you know, what, where's it in Matthew? Was it 19 where he says nothing is impossible with God? Wow. Like, um, like nothing is impossible. I never thought I'd see that day come where, where my dad and it literally, my stepmom was telling me how it happened. And she said, he, he woke up and said, I don't want to do this anymore. That's amazing. And, you know, and that is, and that is, that's nothing but God. Like, God is always at work, bro. Like, dude, like it's, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that's it, dude, crazy. because I still, I think back and, and I, I, I just talk, I talk to him at least a couple of times a month now, you yeah. know, like, and I'm, and I'm getting better at me and him. We just talk, you know, you're rebuilding, and you're rebuilding. Exactly. And, and I thank God for that dude every day. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we want to give a quick shout to all the people who tuned in for to watch, uh, to watch us, um, Kelsey, Cassie, Michael, David, Melissa, um, and a whole bunch of others. Uh, um, we want to thank you all. Look, uh, before we close out, 
Um, you have such a an amazing story, especially about fatherhood and like, and and you know the break with your earthly father and then other father and then just your homelessness and then this whole arc, right? And then yeah. finally, God is like bringing it back together. Yeah. Uh, Cody, let, let me ask you. Let me ask you this last question. Uh, we finish off all our podcasts like this. Why do you think God is awesome? <laughs> Man, um, because he's a he's a good dad. Because he, uh, we're not just some beings that he just created because he was bored. You know, he, you know, we were created for for purpose. We were just created to, you know, he he loved us, and even when mm-hmm. we messed up, he was like. He sent his own son who was who was him and he mm. was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna do this because I, I want my children back. And he's just a good God, man. He he's a good he's a good dad because yeah. he's you know, man, he just it sounds it sounds cheesy, but he just man, he never he never leaves, he never forsakes. Even when we when we think he does, we're the ones that actually leave and forsake. Yeah. You know, he like he doesn't. He stays in the he stays the same now, tomorrow, and 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 even forever, you know. Yeah. And he's just, you know, the things that he's done, and even in the last few years, in in my life, and and even in friends of mine's lives, like it's just he's a good dad, man. He's yeah. not just like this huge being. He's just he's he's dad, bro. He's daddy God. Amen. You know? Amen. So that's. Man, that's awesome. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> if you guys are out there and stick with us this whole time, we want to thank you. Uh, please like and share this video with someone who has had, who struggles with home life and, and, the, and the father figures. Uh, let Cody know. I'm sure he's willing, more than willing to, to say what's up to anyone. Um, check out his stuff on SoundCloud. Um, you guys just thank you guys so much for sticking with us, Cody. Thank you so much for, uh, this interview. It was amazing. Um, man, thank you. And, and like I said, man, the people who, who struggle with things that I've struggled with, you know, there's going to be people that come in your life, man, that, that will stick with you mm-hmm. even through your ugliest times. And, you know, mine was, mine was Jason Mittler, man. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be most of the man I am without God putting him in my life. And, and so I just really, if you have mentors and people that, that love you and care about you and that want to see you prosper, man, like don't, don't take them for granted. For sure. For sure. Well, that's our time guys, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for joining us. Cody It was an extreme Thank you guys. pleasure. I really uh, appreciate it. We love y'all. We love you, Cody. And we will see you guys next time, man. I love you too.